Hey guys, my name is Laura and I'm from The Western and The Western is an online publication sharing the stories of the people of the Western suburbs. And today with me, I have Roselle Gagawanan. She is a Filipino-Australian actor, writer and producer. And Mark Mariano, familiar, familiar name, a Filipino editor, writer and social media what would we say? Whiz. Just whiz. Say whiz. <laughs> Social media whiz. <laughs> Joining me today in this episode where we're going to have a chatty what about Magnify 2022. Cool, cool. So um, truly, the, you know, the purpose of this podcast is to talk about this incredible festival coming up under Blacktown Arts um, Leo Kelly Center. Is that mm-hmm. the name? Correct. Um and so Magnify 2022 is essentially this this big forum or platform that is going to be set next year. It's a festival showcasing, obviously, art from Western Sydney, art from Blacktown. Um, there are, at this stage, there are so many different forms and so many different artists. We are only one of, of many, um, and we're excited to share our project today. And that's, that's essentially the purpose of this podcast, really, is to just go through our process, go through what we're doing um, and really document like what happened and how these two Filipino creatives <laughs> made together. magic and, and came together. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess like my first question to you guys is how did you meet? So I think we met, we didn't really officially meet until probably recently when Sweatshop launched that book that we were both in. Mm. But we knew each other through Sweatshop because when they were like looking for Filipino writers, we're always CC'd in the same yeah. email. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so that's how you met. Yeah. So we met, I guess, e-meet through like email forwards through Sweatshop because like, um, I guess for those um, listeners who mm. don't know what Sweatshop is, so Sweatshop is like, they click a literacy movement in mm. Western Sydney yeah. and they represent, um, I guess, diverse writers from marginal backgrounds or mm. cold backgrounds. Mm. And yeah, um, check them out. Go on their website. Just Google Sweatshop Literacy Movement Western Sydney and um, there's information about that. So me and Mark were in the same anthology series that was just released this year wow, during yeah. the Sydney Writers Festival. Yeah. And the book's called Racism. Mm. Stories about hate, bigotry, and I'm lost. Fear? Fear yeah. and fear. Yeah. yeah. So we both have a piece in there mm. out of what, like I think 30 writers? Yeah, there was a lot wow, of us. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so two Filipinos and 30 writers, like that's a good percentage mm. considering. Yeah. Mm. Um, so yeah, and then I think I officially met Mark IRL at the festival. Yeah. No, I officially met you at Queer Stories. Queer Stories? Yes. Oh, okay. At yes. Riverside. With a, it was through a friend. A oh, friend you, of a friend Yeah, of a you friend. were there to watch someone else and then I also performed on the night. Um, so this was around February 2021. No, this year? Yeah, this year. March, a few a few months ago. I don't know, time's, time's a weird concept right yeah. now um, in the realms of COVID. But okay, yeah, so, yes. that's, so we met... So we've known each other. We've been in each other's spaces or similar spaces for a couple of years now, like on, on the in the onlines and in the sweatshops. Yeah. But then we only formally met, I think, yeah, physically, like earlier this, this year. year. Wow. But it's so weird. I feel like I've known you for like twenty eight years. I know. <laughs> I'm like my long time <laughs> friend. Long time, like literally. Wow. Okay. Because um, I remember when, because like I, so I was there to watch Miranda Aguilar, yeah. who's like a playwright, a Filipinx playwright. Um, also a good friend of mine and co-collaborator and other stuff. And 
you you were there as well. Again, two like Filipino people in like an array of stories. I was like, this is represent. We're and taking over, babes. You're taking over. Slowly. <laughs> <laughs> Slowly but surely. Yeah. And I guess like for both of you, where did you kind of grow up? So I grew up in Brisbane mm. from the South Side, represent South Side. Which is kind of like the West. It's the West of Brisbane. It's pretty That's much. That's what I've been told. Yeah. South Side Brisbane yeah. is like West Side Sydney. Like Inala and all those Inala places. represent. Yeah. Oh my, oh everyone who's grew yeah. up in Inala, holla at me. <laughs> um, yeah. So like Inala, I would describe Inala as like a mix of Cabramatta and maybe yes. Red Fern because like there's a, like a huge indigenous like community, community there, there as well. Yeah. And like pretty much all the businesses are run by Vietnamese people so like it's like Kebra matter um, and when I went to primary school in Inala and it literally like my upbringing was like it was only like two white kids in each class <laughs> wow you, we it was like majority. so multicultural it was like mostly Filipino um, Samoans yeah. uh, v- Viet of course so like a melting pot as well yeah. yeah and then only when I hit like probably high school and uni that actually when I was in high school it was mostly international students was like a lot of Asians yeah so like I didn't I guess feel like exposed to a lot of white people until probably uni and actually because I did accounting in uni there was a lot of Asians there too (laughs) (laughs) never mind never Never mind mind. I think until I got to Sydney that's when you started experiencing it yeah like when I was trying to pursue acting and just realizing Uh, how super whitewashed everything was Mm. So, yeah. Interesting. And, and you, Mark, do you want to share where you grow up? I am a Duneside boy. Let's go. Duneside. <laughs> um, and yeah, so, you know, I identify truly with, with Blacktown mm. as my, um, what's it called now? What local region, my council yeah. region, my LGA. Mm. Um, and, you know, I've been here for most of my life. I spent a short period of time in Mount Jewett. Um, and then I came back and then lived in the north for a little bit. And it was just so weird because I'm truly a Westie boy at heart. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, for the both of us, you know, having that upbringing in, in, in like in a working class region of wherever we were mm. really informs who we are as artists. Mm. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't think I'd have the same scope or the same range of certain things if I hadn't been born and raised in this area. Yeah. Your experiences, yeah, right? Like, would have been uh, totally different. And like, you know, and that's sort of what we really wanted to bring into this project that feeling and that feeling of home because mm. that was the purpose. Like, that's the yeah. purpose of this, of Magnify, you know, it's to really, like, champion local stories. And yeah. so this particular project, um, we, we were approached first by um, our editor at Sweatshop, Winnie Dunn. Mm. And um, we, uh, she just said that, you know, Blacktown Arts wanted um, to hear some local stories. And, you know, because Blacktown houses the most, if not a big chunk of Australia's Filipino population. Yeah. Um, it was it was only second nature to have, you know, a Blacktown Filipino story be told. Yeah. And so that's how the two of us came together for Magnify. Mm. Um, and we, you know, after, you know, iron, ironing out a few things, we sort of just like threw ourselves into it. That's amazing. Um, yeah. yeah. And I guess for you two, like, was there a pivotal life experience that influenced you to express yourself creatively? Was it living in those melting pots? areas or was there one life-changing moment that really got you to think you know what I want to chase that creative um kind of like career or 
Yeah, it's a long story for me because, oh, like, let's hear it. I think <laughs> we got time. Um, I also wanted to claim, like, also, I grew up in Anala, but I also lived in Forest Lake, which is right next to Anala. It's like the fancy Anala, but really, it's pretty much Anala. So, if anyone comes at me going, you didn't grow up in Anala, I did grow up in Anala. I just also moved to Forest Lake, which is right next door. Mm. And pretty much Anala people just take over Forest Lake. So, Do you whatever. Think it's like Woodcroft and Doonside. Yeah, probably. Where Woodcroft's like the really shiny fancy. But it's places. no longer that anymore. Oh, it's no. the ponds, right? Yeah, so that's Forest Lake. That area. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So my mom still lives there. So like, um, and like I pretty much, and I always spend time in Anala and like go to church in Mm. Anala. So it was like, I feel like Anala is pretty much, anyway, just want to say in case like people get at me. um, But I think like, I don't think I've grew up being encouraged to pursue a career in the arts. Um, I think, because I went to what was then called Forest Lake College. Mm. I forget what it's called now. It was an Anglican school, which was like down the road from my house. That's the only reason why I went. And they were trying to be like a performing arts school, but they weren't really. Um, And so that's kind of where I got my bug. I was like 14 and I was like, I just did drama. And then like, I think my teacher was like, oh, you're really good, blah, blah. And I was like, "Mm? okay. And then like in my English class, I, you know, I was whatever, like, um, writing stuff and there was this poem and my English teacher was like, this is actually good. And I'm like, really? I'm like, I don't. And But I think around that time when I really flourished, I was telling my mom like, okay, mom, I'm really thinking about when I graduate high school, I'm going to do acting school. And then of course she's like, no. no. It won't make money. It won't make money. It's not stable. <laughs> like do that as a hobby, mm. but get a real job. And so like I just followed, you know, me being a good girl. I just did what my mom told me to do and, you know, went to, like got the good grades, went to uni, you know, model, yeah. model Filipino child, especially because I'm the eldest. <laughs> so, you know, and There's yeah, did the, all that stuff. So yeah. I didn't, I had to really like not, pers- like I didn't really pursue it until my mid twenties where mm. I got really stressed from like, you know, Work. doing the corporate life. Right, yeah. And then I was like, fuck it, you know, YOLO, life is short. I'm going to do whatever I want and quit my job and move states. That would have taken a lot of strength to be able to come to that decision, you know? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the like 25 version of me was thinking. Wow, yeah. Because I wouldn't do that now. I'm tired. (laughs) (laughs) That's a lot of work. (laughs) Moving interstate isn't easy. It's not, yeah. It's a big decision to make, especially at that age. And like I had no rental history. Like who was going to let me like rent a house? I had no history. Or living free at home with my mom. Like no one's going (laughs) to… You can write recommendation letters. Why (laughs) would you know? (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, long story short… I wasn't really encouraged in my upbringing mm. to pursue. Like my mom really encouraged me as a hobby. Like, you know, she gave me like art supplies as mm. gifts. Yeah. And like I had a lot of like, you know, I did a lot of drawing and all mm. that kind of stuff. And my mom, like when I was four, my mom enrolled me in Johnny Young Talent School because wow, yeah. I was like, wow, I was just like, just as a hobby. <laughs> no, just because to reel me in because I was just so makulit. And yeah. she's like, oh, I'm just in drama school. Sorry, um, English. So you can put all your energy in there. Yeah. And so, yeah, like at a young age, I had it, but it's just, it, my mom was like, no, like mm. it, for security reasons. Also, because my mom's a single mom. Right. Okay. Like money mm. is important. Yeah. Mm. For stability kind For of stability. thing. For stability. Yeah. Sorry, that was a long story. No, it's no. not. But yeah. <laughs> Interesting. And Mark, what about you? What do you feel like was your pivotal moment to go down the creative journey? I don't think there was one moment. I think there was multiple, multiple moments. Yeah. But I, I just think from a broad perspective, like I, when, you know, being a f- Filipino queer person, 
in a place like Western Sydney, mm. you represent so many different things from such a young age. And so for me, like my my artistic ethos and my writing ethos has always been about representation and having that genuine representation. Mm. I think I was sort of just fed up with the only the only representation of Western Sydney being shows like Struggle Street or yeah. us showing up in in the news for for some blue collar crime, mm. um, and so you know my, my ethos was really just to be like you know let's put my best foot forward, let's put Western Sydney's best foot forward, and be who I needed when I was younger. That's, That's truly what what pushed me. And I, if, mm. if I were gonna get if I'm gonna get specific about like certain moments, I don't know. I think it's you know being on stage and and performing at school or you know writing an article and having someone really resonate with it Mm. or have someone reach out and tell me that you know that I wasn't alone and that they weren't alone and that they found someone so wow that's um, powerful yeah isn't it yeah you know it's one thing to to do something especially as a creative it's one thing to get like recognition and views and money and Mm. and and, you know the 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 typical archetypes of fame yeah or go viral on tiktok or go viral on tiktok (laughs) with Um, one million views Oh my goodness, um, which was insane. But you know, and and I loved it. But at the same time, it's sort of just like, I if I want if I'm gonna make impact, I want to do it. For, yeah, you know, for people, I want to do that's it for amazing. the community. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's why I write. And I guess the both of you have achieved quite a lot in terms of um, creative achievements, um, especially reading your bios. You know, it's quite impressive. So, what do you feel like? What daily decisions you kind of made to get those achievements or accomplishments like what do you feel like you kind of did every day to work towards that oh my god I'm not a disciplined person well that's interesting and like Like, or what do you feel like you did to I think like honestly lately my mental health hasn't been that great Mm. and I think there's a like as artists we have a lot of mental health issues that Mm. are are really big for us so it's you know, I wish I was disciplined and had a daily practice, but I don't. I mean, mm. actually, that's a lie. I've only this year I've started having a daily practice, which is like doing what I call um, morning pages, which is okay. what my friend introduced to me. Mm. So if anyone like, it's called the. It's from the book The Artist's Way by Julie Cameron. My friend recommended to me. It's for rehabilit- uh, re- rehabilitating artists, and I think it's just helped me kind of like at least. To write down my stream of conscious, but I'm not disciplined. I wish I was. That's interesting because mm. it's kind of like you can still achieve things even if you don't have a daily discipline. Mm. Yeah. I think mm. it's like, because for me, I won't get anything done unless I'm accountable to someone. Ah. So I can disappoint myself. I don't care about myself. <laughs> <laughs> but if I'm accountable to someone else, then I'll do it. Right. So yeah. like, that's why I guess, that's why I like this year or actually last year, I, um, you know, formed a partnership with my friend Annie Brookenhouse Shack, mm. who's also um, Filipina, and um, and she lives in um, Western Sydney. Minto represent, yes. um, and yeah. So like, I need to have a partner yeah. to like do stuff. I need to be part of a group. Right. I need to be accountable to someone. And like Annie and I started Collective, which mm. is um, a, a collective of um, multidiscipline artists around Sydney, mm. um, Asian Australian, mostly Philippinex, and, you know, we create work together. And I'll only do 
I'm only motivated because I'm accountable to right. my, so my artist. You, it's connection. You it's know, connection. That helps you kind of get to where you want to go. And Yeah. Because yeah. I, can't, I can't do things for myself because I don't care about myself. <laughs> like, I'm just mm. like, I'm, I can disappoint myself, yeah. but I can't disappoint other people. Right. So, and I think that's why it was so easy to work with Mark because mm. I felt accountable to Mark. Right. I'm like, I'm not letting Mark down. Oh, and all the stuff that we do together, <laughs> yeah. I'm like... I'm going to like, I have, I am accountable to Mark. Yeah. So therefore, we, and I think that's why we work so well together because also Mark's organized like me, which I really love. <laughs> and so like, I don't have to like nag or like follow up with Mark. Like yeah. Mark's on the ball and I'm on the ball. So yeah. like, we're like a dream team. Yeah, we are. I love that. So I think yeah. it's about for me in order to get shit done, I need to be, I need to be answering to someone. Mm. Um, not answering. Accountable is better. Answering sounds like I'm like an employee and they're the boss. <laughs> um, but yeah, because I can't. Because yeah, yeah. there's some artists who are like, I wake up and I meditate <laughs> and I do my yoga and I do my I do my voice exercises for half an hour a day and I and I read a script and I and I'm like, You're bitch, like, I don't have out. time for that. Yeah, <laughs> like I need to sleep and eat and like live. Mm. I love that. So, and what about yeah. you, Mark? Did you put in some daily practices or you know? No, I think um, for me, I'm. Like and this is also a therapist um, diagnosed. Mm. I, I'm a perfectionist. I'm and for for multiple reasons. It comes from trauma, um, as all things do. Um, <laughs> and so yeah, like you know, I can really you know I really relate with the, with the idea of accountability. But yeah. I think for me, like I hold myself to such ridiculous standards sometimes that when I fall short, I just loathe myself mm. like and I think that's that's one of the hardest things about being a perfectionist I think you're just you're your harshest critic mm. you know this isn't even things you know coming from other people like and these aren't things that people have said to me mm. it's just okay you know I I haven't done this by a certain age I'm bad I'm a failure blah blah mm. blah yeah and so for me that's that, that's what really drives me I'm like okay mm. I've, I've set these um, and I'm also trying to be a little bit more realistic with my expectations and with with you know my future planning mm. um, um, and so for me, like as a writer, like I just try my best to to look at what I really want to say, mm. the platforms that I really want to be featured on, um, and sort of where I see myself in the next few years. Mm. Um, and and that sort of what drives me. Mm. There's no specific day to day tasks. Like yeah. I'm not a, like you like you said. You know, oh, wake mm. up, do yoga, <laughs> yeah. um, have a green smoothie. I can't live without my green smoothie. Gotta make I'm, my daily matcha. <laughs> Nick, uh, of the people listening to this. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. You know, live That's that life. Me. Being your lavender bed. Oh, yeah, we you respect. You, sorry, yeah, that's just um, not us. <laughs> but you know, but it's mm. weird, and it's weird that you've mentioned daily because I think it's weird. Like I would find myself waking up at four in the morning and jotting down something on my phone, being like, "I want to talk about this. I want to mm. write this." Or it'll be in the middle of the day, or I'm taking a shower, or I'm on a walk, or I'm pooping, mm. or something like that. And and then there's just out of nowhere inspiration comes. Yeah, and it's just like, oh my god, okay, cool. I'll write about this. I'll write about that. There's there's no routine to it, and yeah. I think if anything, routine can restrict some people mm. because you know if they set a routine and then in that time they don't create or they're not feeling inspired, they, they feel, feel bad. Bit, yeah, you know, yeah. they feel like they're a failure. So, wow, very good. Yeah, yeah. And I guess like you, I men you both mentioned earlier, you were both involved in sweatshop. Mm. How did you guys get in there in the first place? You know, how did you find out about it? What drew you to sweatshop? Um, sorry, are we going in this order? Anyway, I'll just keep talking. Do it. Um, so like, I think it was two years ago. I just did a workshop through NOTP, like an art 
um, an art, like something for actors. What's mm. NOTP? Oh, sorry, National Theatre of Parramatta. Okay, yeah. NTOP. NTOP. Wow, I didn't know that. Yay. Was a thing. Like they were, they were running some sort of free workshop, and like you say anything free, I'm, I'm there. So mm. um, I was like, yeah, free workshop, whatever. And it was like some actor from LA who was also Filipino. <gasps> I forget his name. I'm so sorry, but um, yeah. So he came in to do a free workshop. Wow. And so I was like, well, I'm going to go. And and then one of them was a writing exercise. So I wrote I wrote something, part of it. And it was supposed, the idea was we were going to write it and then we were going to embody it or do something or like create, like devise theatre from this one piece that we wrote. Mm. And, and that's also funny enough where I met Annie, who's now my like business partner know. and like theatre maker partner. But um it's, it's like, are you Filipino? Are you Filipino? Oh, yeah. Okay, let's go. Um, it's, it's, it's as easy as that. that. Yeah. It's as easy as that, yeah. truly. It's like Initial that. bond. Yeah. Bond, instantly. Yeah. So, yeah, because I said something about to, um, I can't I can't remember his name, but the guy running it, mm. like I like where my family's from in the Philippines, and I was like, Quezon City. And he's like, yeah, and his mom's from Quezon City. And I was like, what's yes. up? Um, anyways, uh, Monica, who used to work for NTOP, saw my writing and mm. was like, hey, you should be part of Sweatshop and forwarded my writing to Winnie. Mm. And then Winnie was like, yeah, come on board. Wow, and that's how it yeah. happened. So yeah, Amazing. that was my, I, I was, it was just something I stumbled upon, mm. really. Mm. Um, because, yeah, I just, I, I don't think I was, exp- I think I knew of Sweatshop, but mm. I wasn't really exposed to it or even, I was like, also because I like, I'm from Brisbane. Mm. I didn't grow up in Western Sydney. I live in the city. I was like, I was just like, oh, I didn't even know about this stuff. And maybe like, I, I'm, I'm not go- like, I didn't want to like take up space, but I was, I guess, invited by mm. Winnie. So yeah. I think that invitation, I was like, okay, well, thank you. Yeah. I'll, I'll definitely come. And I, you know, got to meet other great women of color writers. 100%. Amazing. Yeah. And meet Mark. Yeah. So and Mark, how did you kind of get involved? So, you know, I sort of stumbled upon it as well. But I like to think of it as divine intervention, truly. Like, um, <laughs> it's fate. It, it was fate. It was truly fate. So, and I can also say the same thing about the Western because mm. it, it all came in around actually the same time. So I mentioned before, I'm, I lived for a little bit in the North. I was closer to work. Mm. Um, I work at SBS and that's in Artarman. And I lived in Artarman. I was like two seconds from the, two second walk from work, which is insane. Yeah. Um, and so Sweatshop has an ongoing collaboration with SBS Voices. And there was a live panel happening one day at work and I had no idea what was going on I just got an email like hey mm-hmm. there's a panel come watch it on your lunch break and so I had to like the public area where they where they had the panel and Winnie who I didn't know who was Winnie at the time she came in she was late she was a little flustered and the first thing she said on mic was um, I'm sorry I'm late I'm literally from Struggle Street like I came all the way from Mount Jewett and I was the only one that laughed because I think I was the only one that got it yeah. in the audience um and then so afterwards, um, I connected with them. I spoke to Winnie. She gave me um, a book from the day. And wow, um, yeah. it was it was a poetry anthology, I think. And um, and we just, we clicked. You know, mm-hmm. we bonded over the fact that we were both from like the Dunside Blacktown area. Mm-hmm. And we're still very good friends now, you know, on top of her being, you know, my editor. Mm-hmm. Um, and then so, yeah, at the time, you know, I'm I, and through uni and through high school, I would always was looking for like media organizations or media collectives based in Western Sydney mm. because I wanted to marry the two. I wanted to marry my love for Western Sydney and I wanted to marry my love and desire to work in the media mm. industry. And so around that time, Sweatshop came in my life and then the Western came in my life. Mm. 
where I met you, Laura. Yeah. Um, and it was such a pivotal time where I was just like, I need, like, do I move to the back? And the, do I move back to the West? And um, it was, I took both of them as signs. I was like, okay, sweatshop, Western Sydney literacy movement. Okay, cool. Western Sydney calling me back. And then I met the Western. I was like, okay, that's literally the, you know, Western Sydney calling me back. How wild. Um, it feels like a lifetime it, ago. Yeah, we met yeah. at like Starbucks. It was so random. I like drove back all the way from, from our time and to just get um, a frappe with this strange girl that I met on Instagram. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, here we are, which is, which is really cool. Sweatshop Amazing. is such an incredible collective in like mm. championing and heroing voices that we wouldn't otherwise hear. Yeah, know? exactly. Yeah. Yeah. There's no other so group important. like them. Yeah. And I guess yeah. like being involved in sweatshop, how do you feel that developed your writing? Or maybe do you feel that it helped you discover your writing style or improve it? Or what kind of um, impacts did it have on your creative journey as writers? I think it gave me, I mean, it gave me agency. Like, mm. oh, my stories are interesting. Yeah. Like, wow, oh, yeah. I have something to say that people will actually be interested in. Like, wow, yeah. So I think listening to other people's stories, I'm like, yeah, I relate with that. Like, oh my God, if I can relate with their stories, surely someone can relate to my stories. And I just, I think growing up in white Australia, mm. where you just see white stories. And you, so you, I guess subconsciously you're just told like, well, I'm not, I'm not part I'm not of the mainstream. Yeah. Mm. I'm not validated. So like being even those rooms and sweatshop where we share each other's stories, like just, you know, works in progress. I'm just like, these are amazing stories. Mm. And like, I could write that one too. And I think also, because I think Winnie and Mohammed have this standard of writing. They do, they truly do. It's, a, it's like, you have, like, there's this, sweatshop has a standard. It's grueling, but it's, it's incredible. It's grueling, but yes, but I think it pushes us wow. to yes. be better. Mm. Yes. And I think also um, learning, like, I'm just, I didn't go to writing school. Like I didn't learn. I went to like, I, I did an accounting degree, y'all. Yeah. I learned numbers. And so like, you know, that's going to sweatshop workshops is a crash course for me in writing. Mm. And um, also like listening and learning and being open to criticism. Yeah. And like, for me, I don't, I don't mind. Like, tell me how shit I am. I'm an actor. Actors are used to rejection yeah. and feedback. So I'm all for that. Um, when people give me feedback, mm. but for, I guess for some people, like it's really hard to hear criticism on yeah. your work. So <laughs> yeah. I think, yeah, it's been a really, I mean, I, COVID kind of stopped me from attending the regular workshops, but hopefully when it comes back again, I'll, you know, get back to attending because they have fortnightly workshops. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, I think just being in the presence of other women of color, because they, they have the women of color um, workshop right, together and then the men of color are like different yeah. and they just separate it but um, yeah just being in the presence of amazing writers like amazing published award winning writers yeah. and hearing wow. their thing yeah. I'm just like where could you experience this mm. like mm. it's it's really like I open. I'm always learning every time That's I'm there amazing and you Mark there's a there's truly this duty of care that that comes with sweatshop in the sense that like your work doesn't get like your work is criticized because they want it to be better, mm. and and you know and for me as, as I said as a, as a self proclaimed perfectionist I hated criticism I hated feedback mm. I was like any inkling that I've done something wrong I don't want to do that <laughs> um, I don't want to hear it you know yeah um, but you know through this process and through sweatshop I was just like. It's truly when it comes truly when it comes to writing, you need to love it. Like, yeah. and if you don't love it, 
don't write it or something along those lines. Like if you don't have the love, if you don't have the the time and the patience and the, the energy that you need to write, don't write. Write when you're ready. Things things like that. It's given me a great sense of like, I won't say self-discipline, but maybe like understanding my my body clock when it comes to writing. Mm. Like I mentioned before, Sweatshop has really helped me like fine-tuned. And then just to piggyback off um, Rizal's point, just like, mm. yeah, my story is important. It's valid. People yeah. want to hear it. People care about these stories. Mm. Um, and, you know, it's it's time we sort of reclaim that time and space, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. That's amazing. Another thing I want to mention about what Sweatshop is, is like they don't, they stop you from writing cliche stuff. Yeah. Right. If it's heard before, it's cliche. Yeah. Like it's not original. Like they really push us to be original or what Winnie says, like push the form, which is like find other ways to present things or tell your story wow, and not do it powerful. the way white people have done it, mm. you know? Wow, yeah. Um, and which is a big takeaway that I've got from mm. Sweatshop because yeah. it's like, yes, like I can, I don't need to write like every other white writer. I can just write the way I write. Mm. Um, so, yeah, that's another takeaway for me. Mm. Mm. And I guess, you know, your project, it explores Filipino culture. Um, do you want to chat about a little bit about your project? or? Sure. So, yeah. you know, we've, we've just been asked um, by Blacktown Arts to, this is purely just a development. So, Truly, we're just forming ideas, putting slowly putting together this 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 piece for you know. I think the overall objective is to have like a written theater production, technically like a small playish from a broad perspective, mm. and oh, this, like long term kind yeah, of from thing, a long term yeah. perspective. And for now, and what we're, we're doing now, and what we're going to discuss in this podcast is essentially like how we came about the story that we want to tell or mm. how we came about the the plot line and like the characters and because it's it's such an intricate thing. Yeah. I went into this project with zero theatrical or a screenplay or any 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 of that experience. That's so that's why I leaned on Rizal a lot as some as as an actress and as as someone who's now a writer and combining those two things. Um and yeah, it's just been really interesting so far it's been like Super random. Like I'm, I'm finding new things about myself, about my writing process, about yeah. about um, how I, you know, view the world and view Blacktown. I, I questioned that wow, as we did yeah. this project. Okay. Um, and then it was also really refreshing having Rizal's perspective um, as someone who wasn't born and raised in Blacktown, but still ex- knows what it, it is to be a Filipino person. Yeah. Um, but yeah, sorry, Rizal, your process. What was the question again? So I was, I, I was just so engrossed in what Mark was I'm saying. Sorry. <laughs> um, Me too. I was yeah. engrossed. But I was just talking about like the influence of your project. Well, that's where I was leading to, you know, like being Filipino and coming up with this project. I, I think um, one thing that I do want to add to what Mark is saying is like, I think the big thing is collaboration Mm. because not a lot of plays are written by more than one person. It's always a solo project. It's always like, um, you know, the, the, like this is um, this person that we put on a pedestal, but oh, they made that by yeah. themselves. Mm. And for me, I'm not interested in that. I'm interested. I love collaboration. I love, Mm. um, I think I, like I said before, I didn't do a course in writing. I kind of learned about story, you know, through ca- crash courses in being in a sweatshop workshop. Mm. Um, I also at work as freelance as a note taker for writers' rooms for TV shows. Mm. So, like, just being in the room, listening to writers talk. And a writers' room is like 
you know, a jam session. Like if you're, I like to use the analogy for, of mu- music where it's mm. like, it's just where you just jam and play with each other and see what comes up. Yeah. And that's what I love about like writer's room and collaboration. So um, that's what I was looking forward to like working with Mark. So I, you know, I really need to like bounce off someone, mm. bounce yeah. ideas yeah. instead of bouncing like just on your myself. own. It's yeah. kind of like box like a, you put yourself in a box if it's just you. Yeah, it's very yeah. isolating. Yeah. And especially because like with the recent lockdown and yeah. thing, like I don't, I I really give mad respect for people who yeah. can like work in isolation mm. and work by themselves. But yeah. I just need that outside energy mm. to bounce off with. So I think, and especially because like Mark is like Filipino like me and grew up in like similar kind of backgrounds, backgrounds. of working class and mm. all that. And also we're both like got single, we grew up with single moms, yeah. Yeah. raised by single moms. Yeah. So like, um, it's just, it's just really like, I just feel like I'm just talking to like a kindred spirit. Like, yeah. oh yeah, like um, a twin flame perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> um, so like, yeah. So it's been really mm. great exploring that because like how often do you have the chance to talk about your own upbringing and your Filipino stories other than like what I've noticed a lot in the industry where, you know, white organizations Mm. mine like cultural stories for, you know, like because it's on trend, you know, Mm. diversity, hashtag diversity. Mm. So, um, yeah, I… It's, it feels better to be in this safe space where I can be some with someone who's of similar background to mm. me yeah. and there's no none of this like pretense of like, oh, you know, where's the gold in your story so yeah. I can mine that for yeah. like profit. Or exploit sure. it. Exploit and, it. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm just conscious of time. Mm. Um, but I guess my last question would be, do you feel that a lot of your experiences being Filipino form this story? Oh, 100%. 100%. Mm. 100%. Like without without even just saying like our characters are truly like based off who we are. Like in, wow. and based based loosely <laughs> based. Loosely based. <laughs> loosely based. No, but like we that like we truly wanted this to be genuine stories. We I love we that. wanted yeah. to have moments throughout this production mm. um and you know topics that really resonated with the Filipino community. Like there was, there was no other way yeah. to do this. Like we, we, we just wanted to truly speak from our own experiences and, you know, our mom's experience. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's been a whirlwind. It's amazing. Um, and I'm excited to unpack it. Yes. Unpack this with, with my gorgeous partner, Rizal in Let's the next few this. episodes. Yeah, stay yeah. tuned, y'all. Stay tuned. Amazing. Well, thank you, Mark and Rizal. It's been so lovely, like, hearing how you met, your influences, your experiences, and just how you two work together. Like, I can already sense, like, it's great teamwork and stuff. So, I'm really Aww. looking forward to your projects. <laughs> yeah, like, thank when you. you were telling me the synopsis, I was like, oh my gosh, yes. I can definitely relate to that. So <laughs> We'll be sharing it soon. We'll yeah. be sharing it in, in we'll We'll keep it low for now, but thank you for your time. And until next time. See you. See ya. Bye. Bye. Bye.